Welcome to the Full 10 Yards Week 4 NFL Preview. I'm Kieran Patterson. You might recognise my voice from a couple of podcasts, especially the college. But today, I'm going to be going over the Week 4 matchups that are coming up for you here on Sunday. Just for the record, I am recording this as the Denver Broncos and New York Jets game is going on. So that is the only game I will not be covering in a Week 4 preview today. Now, as not to offend any fans of the Detroit Lions here, I'm I'm going to be nice when I say that they're a, realistically a classically terrible franchise at this point. But they can pull up off upsets. Look at what they did against the Cardinals last year, uh, last week. Uh, a Cardinals team who have a lot of hype actually um, going into the season. They have one of the strongest defenses, a very dynamic playmaker in Kyler Murray. Uh, but they are going up against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints this week, so I'm going to break. I'm going to break down what they're going to have trouble with, what they're going to be good at. But let's start with the obvious. Now, why Matthew Stafford isn't playing to his 2019 form? The obvious big change for them here is Kenny Galladay is going to be back, and that's going to be a shot in the arm for the Lions' pass offense. They they struggle without this guy because. You know, Matthew Stafford, like I said, he isn't back in his 2019 form, but the Lions are able to move the ball through the air pretty consistently. It's what they're good at. It's what Matthew Stafford is good at. And if, if you ask a lot of NFL fans, they'll say Matthew Stafford deserves better than this franchise. So so they obviously have talent there. Um, the big question is, is Matthew Patri- is it time to get rid of Matthew Patricia? I know there's teams like the Jets still holding on to terrible coaches like Adam Gase, but at a certain point, you've got to say enough is enough. Now, we look at last week. Uh, Matthew Stafford actually... Uh, nine different receivers caught the ball, which is crazy. Uh, obviously, he's a very talented quarterback, so he is able to move the ball around. But with an absence of a number one receiver, you're obviously going to struggle. Especially against guys like New Orleans Saints, who are, at least in recent years, had a very good defense, had a very good offense, and are going to keep control of the ball. That being said, I will criticise the Saints' defence a little bit. Now, while they managed to hold Tom Brady early in the season, they got absolutely sliced up against Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know Derek Carr is a bit hit and miss, but you've got to remember, this guy's a former MVP candidate, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time, so you can cut him a little slack in that department, given that they held the de facto GOAT in Tom Brady. I also will call attention to the fact that the Saints are missing Marshawn Lattimore, who missed practice Thursday after a hamstring injury. Janoris Jenkins has a shoulder injury, and Marcus Davenport still hasn't appeared on the field in the 2020 season so far. Also, bear in mind the Lions have TJ Hawkinson. Uh, we've seen with the Saints this year, they have really struggled to stop tight ends. Now, I know they've come up against top guys like Darren Waller and Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard. TJ Hawkinson is one of those guys. I know he didn't super impress his rookie year, but he's still a very strong tight end who can make a lot of big plays. Um, there's, there's not really much else to say about this game, but there is a surprise player who has made an impact this year, and that is... Adrian Peterson, he's an older guy. Uh, obviously, he's an all-time great and a Hall of Famer, but he has really led the Detroit Russian attack this year. It's actually going to be interesting to see what he can do, given his age, but, you know, through the first few weeks, he's been absolutely fantastic. Overall, I think the Saints can eke out a win in this game. 
Uh, but I think it's going to be a, lo- a lot closer than people expect, especially once you take take a deeper look at each team. Um, if we're going to go for a score prediction, I'm going to go 24-21 to the Saints. You might think that's a little bit close, but given how both teams have performed so far this year, I think that is more than reasonable, especially when the Lions have been very close to winning a lot of games this year. And then against the Cardinals, really put it all together in quite an impressive performance, considering. Now, our second matchup, and will be a favourite of my college podcast colleague, Lee Wakefield, is his LA Chargers taking on the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, very exciting for Chargers fans given how he's played. Um, Justin Herbert is due to start again. Now, I have been fairly critical of Justin Herbert before he was drafted. I also said that Chargers made the wrong decision drafting him given guys who are on the board, but he's actually really showed up. Even in his, uh, you know, in his, his first ever start he comes in against the defending Super Bowl champions and slings 300 yards and a touchdown and you know ran for a touchdown dude's athletic like I I I can't even act like I wasn't impressed and credit where credit's due he looked amazing for a rookie going against a Super Bowl winning team yes Justin Herbert looked like the real deal Before I heap all the praise on Justin Herbert, though, I will admit he's probably going to be battling against it this week. The Chargers are missing a lot of key pieces. Missing Joey Bosa, Brian Balaga, Chris Harris Jr., Rayshon Jenkins, obviously Tyrod Taylor's out, Tri Turner, Mike Williams, and Storm Norton. Um, You know, the O-line's a bit banged up. Obviously, losing Joey Bosa, who is you know, a perennial pro bowler at this point, you know, they're missing a lot of talent. But also, that being said, the Bucks are missing Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Scott Miller, Jason Pierre-Paul, other guys that are, you know, not as big impact players as the ones I mentioned, but this is going to be a great matchup. Um, You want my bet? I think think the the Buccaneers probably take this about 28 to 14, maybe. It's... It's tough to stop Tom Brady. I know this Bruce Arians uh, offense, especially in year one for quarterbacks, does lead to a lot of interceptions, but you can see he's kind of adapted it a little bit for the GOAT coming in. Justin Herbert can win this game. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think he can. But also a lot of other things have to go right for him. The running game has to get going. The receivers have to be playing perfectly. And he has to play a perfect game to beat Tom Brady. Because both teams are two and one at this point, uh, uh, and that's I I don't I don't think the Buccaneers expected to be losing a game at this point, but also I don't expect think the Chargers expected to have a winning record. Anthony Lynn's a great head coach, and so is Bruce Arians. So these two having a matchup is going to be a lot of fun. Look out for Justin Herbert to make some big plays. He's obviously made some ill-advised throws before, uh, throws before, but at this point he's actually looking a little bit more mature in his. Uh, Decision-making we saw in his second game, he actually looked very, very impressive. Um, both teams looking to keep the momentum going. I think the Buccaneers just edge it, though. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, not, you know, I'm not going to be down on Justin Herbert, but for a young rookie quarterback going up against Tom Brady, it can be intimidating, and these guys can let the pressure get to them sometimes. Um, I know with no fans there, that makes things a little bit easier, but, you know, 
I'm not expecting the world from Justin Herbert. If he doesn't win this game, that's not a slight on him. He's still a young guy. He's still got a lot of time to improve. And I, I think as long as he play, as long as he uh, plays how Anthony Lim wants him to play, listens to his coaches, isn't trying to make hero throws, I think the Chargers make a very, very competitive game this week. Obviously, they don't win out uh, in the end, but uh, you know. I, I think they have a very good chance to have a very impressive uh, showing, and that'll be worth a lot in the long run, especially if Justin Herbert wants to cement his place as a starter this year. Now, a player I love talking about, it is the greatest college player of all time, Joey B. It is the Bengals versus the Jags matchup, and after two weeks on the road, the Bengals are back in Paul Brown Stadium. Funny story, a place I actually visited a couple of weeks ago, and... Uh, Got to speak to my hero, Joey B. So that was that was a fun day for me. Um, but yeah, the Bengals really need to get the run game going this year. Despite Joey B having probably some of the best ball placement I've ever seen from a rookie, he can't do it all himself. I mean, look at the game uh, where he threw against the Browns. I think he threw 62 passes. <laughs> he completed about 32 of them. But 62 passes on a rookie is a lot. No interceptions, though, which is actually fairly impressive. And, of course, the last three games, he has about 90 uh, passing attempts. They really do need to get the run game going this this um, game. And with Joe Mixon, he is a great running back, and he does have that talent. They just gave him a new deal as well, and he's only averaging 3.2 yards. So is But I think that's more because of the Bengals' offensive line than Joe Mixon himself. Now, with Joe Mixon, as long as they... Look, he's a guy you need to give the ball to possibly 25 times a game. Just to, you know, he will get you those yards. Behind the offensive line, it's a little bit tough. I do understand that. But if you give him the ball enough, he's going to break out and he's going to make big plays. That's just the sort of player he is. Now... Zach Taylor should know they do need more balance on offense. They can't just rely on a rookie quarterback, no matter how good he is, no matter how good his pedigree is. They can't just rely on him to win them games, which is why they need to incorporate Joe Mixon. Now, we will talk about how good the defensive line was in Cincinnati against Philadelphia last year. And you know my feelings on Philadelphia. You shouldn't be living in a place named after spreadable cheese. But Carl, uh, Carl Lawson, Carlos Dunlap, DJ Reader looked absolutely fantastic against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. They held them to a draw, which I was honestly surprised at, despite the Philadelphia Eagles' absolute turgid start to this season. I did think they would win out against the Bengals just because of the problems the Bengals are having as a team right now. Um, but everyone played fantastic. Joe Burrow made some great throws as well, but the defense was really the start of that game. Coming into this, Gardner Minshew saw a bit of a dip after his week one heroics, we'll call it. Um, I still think he's a solid quarterback, and I still think he can regain his form. I think probably the Jaguars win out in this, but it is another game that's going to go very, very close. Bengals need to really just keep Joe Burrow upright because if they if they manage to keep him standing and not taking six sacks a game, come on Cincinnati. If they if they can keep him upright, they have a way better chance of winning this game than the uh, Jags do if they keep Gardner Minshew upright. So this game is between two 
I don't want to say bad teams because Jaguar, Jaguars had its moments, but the two teams are not top tier franchises at the moment. Um, it's going to be very interesting um, because Joe Burrow has taken fourteen sacks. That's um, <laughs> that, that that's almost David Carr at the Texans during his rookie season sort of levels, and that is worrying because obviously. I like Joe Burrow, man. I'm, I'm an LSU fan through and through, but they they just need to keep him upright. And you can't win a football game with your quarterback on his back. Um, you know, also it's just it's just not working for them right now. Now, Jim Turner, I hope you have done something with that offensive line. Um, I don't think it's enough, though. You, you you guys have got a bunch of young players in Cincinnati. Decide, you know, you've got some veterans as well, but. You know, Jack- Jacksonville, I just think, to win this out because I don't think Taylor is the best coach. I just I just don't think he knows what he's doing right now. And I don't think we're going to see the Bengals even pick up a win till maybe week eight. I know that's probably controversial to say, especially from somebody who lives in Cincinnati. But I- I've got to predict these games accurately. Now, I think it's going to be a close game. And I think 21 to 14 will be the final score to the Jaguars. 21 Jags, uh, 14 Bengals. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. You're not going to see the best quality of football, but if you like watching young quarterbacks really get out there and sling the rock, this is the game for you. Next is the Minnesota Vikings versus the Houston Texans. Both teams have had a terrible start to the season. I love Deshaun Watson, but... Holy shit, they gave him one of the hardest schedules to start a season off with. But let's let's get into this because I think the Texans pick up a win here. Now, to be fair to the Texans, they have probably had the three of the hardest teams you can possibly expect to play at the start of the season. Kansas City, Baltimore and Pittsburgh away. My Lord, that is not a season opener a lot of people want, and that is not a season opener my New England Patriots would probably ever get from the league. Now, while Texans are actually missing Will Fuller and Duke Johnson, among the most notable guys out, I still think Deshaun Watson gets it done. With guys like Brandon Cooks out there, who is a speedster, and Deshaun Watson's uh, a mate, like Russell Wilson-like levels of uh, scrambling to just keep plays alive, I think they pull out the win. Kirk Cousins has looked absolutely shocking out there to start the season. This is a game that I can't say much about because, not to be horrible to both teams, it's a boring matchup. They're two teams who started 0-3, and the Texans, the only ones even looking slightly competent at playing the game of football. Uh, it, it, it's not a good matchup, especially if you're a, a, a Vikings fan, because Kirk Cousins just, just looked absolutely terrible. Does not look the amount, does not doesn't look worth the amount of money they've paid him. Um, Honestly, I think the Texans absolutely schlock them this game. I think maybe Cook gets something on, Dalvin Cook, that is, gets something going on the ground for the Vikings. But I think the Houston defense can stop him. I think the Houston offense can really let it fly this week. So this is a very short roundup for me because I just think this game's going to be an absolute blowout. I'm going to say 38-7. to 7 to the Houston Texans. Uh, bold prediction. But we're going to move on to some more exciting games here. And you can actually hear me get excited about a football game. 
Now, we'll start by saying my favourite safety in the league, Jamal Adams, is missing this game. Uh, if current reports are to be believed, as the Seahawks put their nearly four-year winning streak in uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time games to the test against Miami. Uh, Fitzpatrick looked fantastic last week against the Jags. Absolutely blew him out of the water in a performance that I thought was amazing. And uh, my college football co-host, Andy, will have loved. That was fantastic. Um, obviously, their tight end, by the name of Mike Gasecki, looked absolutely fantastic. He caught some great passes, including a one-handed grab in the middle of the field. Um this is the Seahawks game, though. It's Russell Wilson. This guy is on trajectory to have an MVP year, and I said it at the beginning of the season. This guy is a favorite for MVP, and the Seahawks, in my mind, are a favorite to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl this year. Now, the Dolphins are no stranger to upsets, and they could certain, you know, they could certainly pull it off, but. It's the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team I probably see having a better year offensively than what Baltimore had last year on the back of MVP Lamar Jackson. Now, I will say, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is on, he is on. But we are on a different level for Russell Wilson this year. He has the big boy, DK Metcalf, who can just snag the ball out of midair like it's nothing. Tyler Lockett, who can seemingly just get open at will. And obviously some fairly decent running backs who can pound the rock when needed. We saw that against the Patriots. So, who who do I think is going to win? The Seahawks. That's pretty obvious. Now, I'm not saying the Miami are going to be bad and they are not going to have a chance. But they have some glaring holes in the field. Now... Parker hasn't been good. I know he's coming off an injury, but he's clearly lost a step due to this. And it, it's unfair to say he's not playing at a high level because he is, but he's not playing at the level he's used to because when he's healthy, he's one of the best receivers in this league, despite what you will hear from a certain Saints receiver. Now, the loss of Jamal Adams is going to affect Seattle here though as he's not going to be at a matchup against the big boy Mike Gusecki now this is a matchup that would have been a lot of fun to watch two very physical very athletic players matching up against each other and we know from his time on the Jets Jamal Adams isn't a stranger to battling against Mike Gusecki and actually locking up a majority of the time he previously uh, you know, he has been burned before, but he acquitted himself with matchups against George Kittle and Travis Kelsey to prove that he really can hang with the best talent in the NFL. He's a big physical guy, and losing him on defense, a classically strong Seattle defense, will hurt them a bit, but I don't think they're going to have enough production on that offense in Miami to really pull ahead here. Honest prediction, I think... Russell Wilson's probably going to throw a gang of touchdowns again as well, exploiting some of the holes Miami have in their defense. And I think the Seattle defense is going to be able to keep Fitzpatrick uh, probably below 200 yards, if I'm being honest with you. But Mike Gusecki is going to be a big part of those 200 yards. Now, if we look at the two guys who've actually carved up Miami this year, it's been Cam Newton and Josh Allen, and they are 
Two guys very talented at extending a play. And what is Russell Wilson best at? That's <laughs> extending a play. Um, honestly, I think Seahawks probably put up 38 points uh, to probably a fairly measly 14 by Miami. But I'm not saying Miami go without a fight. This will be a scrappy, old-fashioned football game with some hard tackles and some very fun matchups. Um, yeah, I, I think 38 to 14 is a fairly reasonable assumption from these two. Look, it's going to be fun, and sorry to Andy Moore, because I, I can't take your Dolphins here, man, but this is going to be an incredibly fun matchup with a lot of great players, and it, it's going to be a game I am very interested to watch. Obviously, my Patriots take priority but this is still going to be a very fun game for all involved now browns versus cowboys america's team versus the progressive insurance all-time great baker mayfield he had some funny moments on mic'd up last year uh, last week sorry telling people not to litter in his house this is going to be a fun matchup but the cowboys need to win this game I think it's theirs to lose. The The Browns have suffered from, you know, Stefanski's still getting used to this offense and defense. I think the Browns' defense could potentially shut down the Cowboys, but with Zeke eating recently, they've got C.D. Lamb out there. This Cowboys' offense is fairly explosive. We saw what they did against Atlanta, and I know that's more of a, says more about Atlanta than it does the Cowboys, but this is still an incredibly fun matchup. Can Baker and OBJ link up again? Who knows? Is look, they, they they had some good moments this year, and and I I think the Browns are, are probably underperforming given what a lot of people thought. They have a lot of expectations as a team, and it's tough to perform to those expectations, especially with certain players who are a lot younger. It's going to put a lot of expectations on them. And I don't know if the Cowboys have changed that much just because Mike McCarthy is now in charge over Jason Garrett. Look, look, both teams have severely underperformed recently given the talent they have. And I think both teams are two of the most talented rosters in the league on paper. It's going to be interesting to see if they can put it together on the field. It's going to be a great matchup. You're going to see a lot of great quarterback play. You've obviously got two all-time great running backs now, young running backs in Ezekiel Elliott and Nick Chubb. These two are going to be a lot of fun. Expect both guys to go over 100 yards easily, maybe even 150 if they can really get it going. Baker Mayfield versus Dak Prescott is going to be a lot of fun because both guys throw a really good football. I know there's concerns about accuracy from both guys, but they both throw a very good football. They're both exciting and they're both, they both can extend plays to a certain extent, even though some Baker is uh, less athletic than he thinks he is. He sometimes does try and make plays like he's Lamar Jackson. He's not quite that, let's be honest. But, you know, both guys are going to have a really fun matchup. And it, it, if you want, if you're not particularly invested in a football team and you just like watching the NFL, this is a game to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I this is a game I will watch in its entirety, I think. Um even if I have to watch it after the fact, I will turn the notifications off on my ESPN and NFL apps just so I can experience it. I I'm gonna Oh, this is this is a hard one to pick. This is 
to where the teams are both, you know, fairly evenly matched up despite what people might think. Uh, I'm going to say 23-21 to the Browns. I think the Browns pull it out of the bag here. We, I, you know, I get accused of Browns favoritism a little bit, but I think this is the Browns who take it here. Dog check. Let's go. Our next matchup is the Arizona Cardinals versus the Carolina Panthers. And (laughs) I can't say much about this game. This is just Arizona's game. The 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 Panthers defense is terrible. Teddy Bridgewater is severely underperforming. He doesn't have nearly enough weapons. This, I know, I, okay, I know you got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and obviously C-Mac, but C-Mac's out. You, this is the Carolina's hardest matchup of the season, personally, just because of how electric Kyler Murray is and that defense in Arizona is ridiculous. They have probably the best defense in the league and it's not even close with the talent they have on the field oh my god so another short wrap up here don't look for the Panthers to do much I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get kept at bay obviously no Christian McCaffrey thanks because I drafted him first in fantasy that's really screwed me over um yeah I think this is all Cardinals I don't see any way the, the 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 Panthers can win this. I think the Cardinals put up on them twenty eight to three. Yes, I'm saying the Panthers don't even score a touchdown. So what? Fight me. This is Carolina's. Uh, this probably be the biggest beatdown they take this year. I, I I would expect. But no, this is Cardinals game to win. You know, put money on the bet the farm on the Cardinals. Is all I'm saying. Now we're going to get into more exciting games as we get down the stretch. A game that I am going to love. It's the terribly dastardly, but, you know, my friend Rob likes them. The Indianapolis Colts versus the Chicago Bears. Now, are we going to be, as they say on the Pat McAfee show, bearing Dan after this game, or is it going to be a win out for the Indianapolis Colts? Let's be real, the last time the Chicago Bears started 4-0, they went on to a Super Bowl. Can the Colts put a spanner in the works for the Chicago Bears? I think they can. Phillip Rivers is a way better quarterback than Nick Foles, and let's look at the weapons he has around him. I'm going to be honest with you. I do not think this is going to be a super exciting, high-scoring affair. I think... It's probably going to be something like 14-7 to the Colts. It's a difficult-to-predict matchup, though, because the Chicago Bears, despite questionable (laughs) quarterback play, have, you know, they're undefeated so far. The the Colts have looked a better team if you just watch them play, but the Bears obviously haven't lost yet. Now, while they miss Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, I still think... Philip Rivers is going to be able to do some damage through the air with guys like T.Y. Hilton. And honestly, they have Mo Ali Cox at tight end and running back Naheem Hines. This is, you know, they're not 
neither team is stacked with talent, but if the Colts can just pound the rock, that is their bread and butter. It's the most simple thing to do in football, and if they can get that going, then that really helps Phillip Rivers out down the track. Now, while Bears have great receivers like Allen Robinson and tight end Jimmy Graham, I do think the Colts' defense makes it tough for these guys to make catches. In and out of the sticks, the Bears have some solid rushing with guys like Tariq Cohen, uh, it it's look. This is a game where, unless you really love football, you're probably gonna fall asleep at halftime, or unless sorry, you're a Colts or a Bears fan. This game is, uh, you know, it's not gonna be super explosive. It's not gonna be consistently massive, great plays with guys scrambling out the pocket off the back foot. You got two very similar quarterbacks in the fact that they're not very mobile. They will want to just stand in the pocket and throw. Philip Rivers versus Nick Foles is just going to be a very standard, boring quarterback matchup. Both guys are going to have flashes of brilliance. They've got some really fast receivers who they can use to make plays, but it's not going to be the most exciting game you're going to see this season, that's for sure. Now, like I said, I definitely am going to pick the Colts uh, 14-7. to over the Bears. I know the Bears are coming in undefeated, looking a little bit hot off the back of a Nick Foles performance last year. But I'm going to let you into a little secret. Nick Foles isn't a good quarterback. He's not... I know he won a Super Bowl. Whatever. But he that doesn't make him good because he came in and won a couple of games. He's never had a winning season as a starter. He's not a good quarterback. He's not equipped to be a starter in the NFL. And that's just a fact I don't care if you're an Eagles fan or you're a Bears fan and you get your feelings hurt he is not good enough to be a starter Philip Rivers is Colts 14 to 7 against the Bears next up we have the Washington football game against the Baltimore Ravens do I even need to predict this do I even need to break it down Washington are missing some of their best players in Chase Young Stephen Sims Jr Bryce Love Terry McLaurin and you're out there with Dwayne Haskins, who honestly, even though I was very hot on him when he was drafted, he has not been good, and he has not showed even half the potential he had in college. This is Baltimore's game. There is not much to say. Lamar Jackson is going to carve him up through the air, on the ground. J.K. Dobbins is going to get touches. Ingram's going to get touches. This is going to be a slaughter. There's nothing else I can say. The Ravens probably win this game 38-3, to and I know that's a big prediction, and I know I shouldn't be this down on Dwayne Haskins, but... Football, the Washington football team has nothing for the Ravens. They are the most explosive offense in the NFL. And it, it's not even close. When you've got an MV, like a reigning defending MVP coming in against a team that can barely get the right uniforms in time for the season, it's just not even fair. The, the Baltimore Ravens are going to absolutely break the Washington football team down this weekend. This is a game I shouldn't even have to break down because if you've seen the game of football before, you know who's going to win. The Baltimore Ravens are just going to run away with it. This is not a game for them to say, oh, we need to put a win together and start looking how we can advance on the season. No, this is a game for them to stuff stats and let rookies have some plays because it's not even close. Now, I know you're going to harp on about Ron Rivera as a great coach or whatever, and Ron Rivera is a fantastic coach. But when he's got personnel who seem to not even care about the football team they're playing on, and all his best players are injured, this this game isn't, you know, 
it's not going to be competitive. It would be like watching me sprint against Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt's going to run away with it out of the blocks, and I'm not going to finish that 100 yards for at least another 10 seconds. So, quick breakdown here for you. Baltimore go up 38-3 to and advance on the road. So let's move on to the next matchup. Now we have a game that is actually interesting. The New York Giants versus the LA Rams. We've got Danny Dimes traveling all the way to the City of Angels to take on Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, Jared Goff. <laughs> um, but will it be another day for the Giants? They've got talent there. I'm not saying they're not, but they're missing a lot of pieces. And when you're missing Saquon Barkley, that is a hell of a big piece to lose. It's like going into a chess game without your queen. So, what do we think is going to happen? I picked the Rams to win this pretty handedly. We've seen uh, Cooper Cup, Woods, Higby. These guys have just been going off to start the season. And I think missing Saquon Barkley is going to really hurt the Giants because Dion Lewis, trust me, I'm a Patriots fan. I saw this guy play. He He's kind of past it, bless him. He didn't do that great with his tenure at the Titans either. Here's what's going to happen. Rams are going to take control early. They're going to have a lot of big plays and a lot of flashy plays. Goff will probably throw a couple of interceptions, but he'll probably throw at least four touchdowns. And they're also going to be able to get it going on the guard, on the ground with guys like Henderson and Akers. Uh, I think Akers are out, though. But regardless, the Rams can just pin Aaron Donald on that New York offensive line. They're going to be able to sack Danny Dimes. They're going to be able to stop running backs in the backfield. And I think it's going to be defensive domination this game. We obviously see the Giants can move the ball. And Goff's had a fairly decent start to the year with guys like Higby touching free, catching free scores in a week two matchup. I think they've been very, very entertaining. Problem here is I just don't think the Giants are missing so many pieces they don't have the talent to stand up to the power of the LA Rams and everyone's favourite genius, Sean McVay. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's incredibly interesting because it seems like even if you met him once at the supermarket, you seem to be able to get a job in the NFL. But here's how it's going to go. The Rams are going to go up early. The Giants will get back into it at some points, but after, when it come, when they come out for the second half, it's not going to be competitive. The Rams are going to run away with it, and I know I have a history with the Giants, and I definitely made the fit, think they made the wrong pick with Danny Dimes, but he is a decent quarterback, or at least he's shaping up to be one, and he can manage a game, and he can move a ball. What they need to do this game is to keep him upright and he can make some plays. I don't think there's any way they can win this, just unless maybe there's a there, there's a bunch of injuries uh, to New York. Uh, not New York, sorry. Uh, the Rams, because the Rams just have too much defensive talent. As much as Jalen Ramsey is a complete prima donna, I think he's going to be able to lock guys down this game and maybe even get a pick on old Danny Dimes. This game should be fairly fun, though. The New York Giants don't. New York Giants, yeah. New York Giants don't tend to play uh, safe football too much, and Danny Dimes is more than willing to sling it. So 
this will be a fun game. Mark my words. Let's, you know, if you like football, this would be a game for you, and it's certainly not the most boring game of the day. But let's move on to my team and my favorite matchup of this week. Now, this is the game you're probably going to get the most detail in, besides a couple of the earlier matchups. It is the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots behind former MVP Cam Newton against the current defending Super Bowl champions and fraudulent greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be an exceptionally fun game. The New England Patriots are coming into this with a ton of momentum after what can be described as a stellar performance last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, I'm still getting used to saying that and not Oakland. After a stellar performance against the Las Vegas Raiders, we look to go and spoil the undefeated Chiefs party. If anyone can do it, it's Superman. Cam, let's do this. We've got enough talent at receiver to do this. We finally have a running game. It took us a year and a half to get it going. But the Patriots have all the tools to win this game. Now, I'm not displaying the Chiefs. They are very dangerous. Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in the league. But is it enough to defeat Super Cam. Maybe. <laughs> this is a tough matchup to break up. We saw how well Cam did against the Seahawks. Uh, despite the loss, we nearly won that game. It was obviously, funnily enough, we lost a game to the Seahawks on the one-yard line when we should have passed instead of rushed. It's a crazy uh, how things turn out like that. But here's the thing. Cam Newton has shown that he can sling it, he can run it, and he is accurate. Now, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. That's not even up for debate. He is, I'm not going to say the greatest of all time until he continues his run, but he is looking to, he's being, of course, one of the best quarterbacks to ever live. He's easily going to retire from this sport with three Super Bowl rings or more. So, what's this going to come down to? Defense? Yes. And that's where I think the Patriots have the edge. Despite not really showing up against the Seahawks, Defensive Player of the Year, Stefan Gilmore, in my opinion, is still the best corner in the league, closely followed by guys like Tredavious White. But here's where the matchup gets interesting. I don't think, personally, the um, Chiefs defense is as good as people think. And now we have a run game... We all know that's how you defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. You pound the rock against them. And we've got guys like Jakob Johnson, who is the terror from Germany. We have Sony Michel, Rexy Burkhead, Big Trex. You know, we have all the tools to win this game, but we also have the opportunity to lose it. Now, Kansas City is going to be fantastic and explosive as they always are. That's just a fact, and Patrick Mahomes will be getting touchdowns through the air. You know, that's that's a given, but Bill Belichick is a schemer. He schemed defensively, and Josh McDaniels, despite what some Patriots fans might think, is a very, very good offensive coordinator. So here's how this game is going to go. 
it's going to be neck and neck. If we get a stop, the Chiefs will get a stop. If we get a touchdown, the Chiefs will get a touchdown. I think the Patriots win out 35-34. to 34. Controversial, I know, but it's going to be a close game. And just from what I've seen this season, I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to gash us. And I know Patrick Mahomes is going to hit us through the air. Miko Hardman, Tyreek Hill, it's, you know... It's hard to stop the Chiefs, but also it's been hard to stop the Patriots this year with Super Cam in the driver's seat. Um, Yeah, I've got to take my Patriots just on what I've seen. Now, I know you're all going to tweet at me, uh, you know, DCCYT football on YouTube. I know on um, Twitter, sorry, I know you're going to tweet at me. If we lose, and I know you're going to kind of rub it in my face a bit, but that's okay. It comes with the territory. I just think the resurgence the Patriots are having this year. We lost Tom Brady and everyone counted us out. We we have the tools to win this game. And Bill Belichick, unlike other coaches, isn't afraid to run the ball even though we have a great quarterback and then he's not going to be afraid to throw it long when we need to this is the you know this this is going to be the most fun matchup of the entire day don't miss it it's going to be a lot of fun i'm taking the patriots on this one sorry guys now we've got the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Now this is an interesting game because Chucky has been playing what I like to call simple but effective football. Runs the ball a lot, passes it when he needs to. Car's been carving people up and they've been getting a ton of rush yards with uh, who I would call probably one of the most impressive running backs in the league right now and that is Josh Jacob. Last year, he played injured and still was one of the best running backs in the league, and that is hella impressive. Josh Jacobs is going to at least get 100 yards this game on the ground, but the big player to watch this game is actually going to be Josh Allen. He has not thrown for under 300 yards yet in a game this season. I have been saying, mechanically, he looks amazing. He's... He doesn't drag his back foot when he throws anymore. He really talks his hips into throws. He's been a lot more accurate. He's getting a lot more air on the balls. He has done fantastic. Now, this game is going to be hella close because both teams have very good defenses. Carr and Waller have a great connection. Um, Obviously, we have um, Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Uh, I think the Bills win out personally, but it's going to be close. I'm going to take the Bills. 27 to 24 here's why the bills have (laughs) the bills have josh allen no the bills have more all-around talent and while mcdermott might not be the greatest schemer he knows how to run this football team josh allen is an intimidating presence for a lot of defenses he's big athletic he looks like the quarterback in a movie i'm not gonna say he's handsome but he is This is going to be a great football game. Now, I'm not counting out Chucky and the Las Vegas Raiders. Gruden is very talented and he knows what he's doing. He's been around the block. He's a Super Bowl winner. But let's look at what his team does. And I don't think Carr quite has the... Uh, This year he's looked good, but I don't think he quite has it in him to beat Josh Allen in a 
Super Bowl matchup. Josh Allen, a guy who I'm actually writing an article on right now, and a guy on I am very high this year to potentially appear in the Super Bowl. Now, the Bills have had a super hot start to this season, and they have looked fantastic, but also the Raiders have started better than expected for a lot of people. They did some things against the Saints, so let's not be too harsh on them. Like I said, I've got the Bills taking this game, but it's going to be close and it's going to be fun. And just through virtue of Josh Allen, who's going to be better in a shootout and better later on in the game than Derek Carr is, that's why I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in this matchup. Now, next we have the Cream Cheese Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Now, all signs are pointing to Nick Mullins having another start. And I'm still giving the 49ers the edge over the Philadelphia Eagles. Because Carson Wentz refuses to take coaching and audibles out of nearly every coach, every play, sorry, his head coach calls or his offensive coordinator calls, they are going to lose this game again. Nick Mullins is a competent quarterback, and if he listens to Shanahan, they are going to win this game. The... Philadelphia Eagles have had one of the worst starts to a season and one of the worst collapses I've ever seen from a football team from two years ago when they touted as one of the best in the league to now when they can barely struggle to put points on the board against the worst team in the league in the Cincinnati Bengals. This is embarrassing. You guys need to start Jalen Hurts, move on from Carson Wentz and finally start putting some wins together because you do have some talent but Carson Wentz is dragging you down now people might think I'm harsh but when you've got a quarterback who time and time again loses the game for his team by making poor decisions making poor audibles and just not trusting his coach because he's friends with the owner then you've got a problem you've either got to get rid of the coach because the players won't listen to him or you get rid of the quarterback because he won't listen to the coach and trust me because Carson's relationship with the owner it will probably be getting rid of their coach first and that is a sore mistake a terrible mistake for them to make. The 49ers are going to run away with this game, even with Nick Mullins under center. That guy is a great quarterback, and he is not scared to take coaching. 49ers win this game 21-3. to Sorry, you know, I get passionate about these things, but when Carson Wentz won't take the coaching and still doesn't have the receivers around him, by the way, to win a game, it's a bad day for the Philadelphia Eagles if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles general manager tear it all down and start again keep the coach but get rid of almost everything you can get Jalen Hurts to start get a winning culture back in Philadelphia because despite our rivalry and despite how I feel about you know some some less than desirables um no, I do think Philadelphia has a talented core there, but you have some rotten apples that are spoiling the bunch. Now, the 49ers have a ton of injuries. We understand that. But Nick Mullins has shown he is a more than competent quarterback if he plays to his strengths, and I think Shanahan will play to his strengths. This is this is going to be an interesting game because the 49ers are still one of the best teams in football despite you know they've had a ton of injuries but they've still got some great guys there who can really make some plays so I'm looking forward to this but more because I want to see how the 49ers overcome adversity rather than if Carson Wentz is gonna listen because I don't think he is um like I said 21 to 3 49ers now the last game we are wrapping up is the kings of collapse the kings of the choke the Atlanta Falcons versus Probably one of the strongest teams 
right now, despite the troubles at wide receiver. The Green Bay Packers, led by all-time great and future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now, he is a bad man. How is he going to do against the Falcons? I think fantastically now. This is no hate on Matty Ice, but this team is having trouble this year. They are choking. They are losing leads. And against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is playing out of his mind right now, this is a very, very tough game for Atlanta. So we've got Aaron Rodgers, who's possibly playing some of the best football of his career right now. Despite the fact he's, you know, he's uh, been, he's been, uh, you know, he's been disrespected by the drafting of Utah State's Jordan Love. But even, I think even with the Falcons having potentially Julio Jones back, I don't think the Falcons have even a hope of beating the Green Bay Packers. They are a tough, tough team. They are the toughest team in the league right now, in my opinion, besides maybe the Seahawks. And I really hope these guys match up against each other in the NFC Championship game. In the trenches, you have got guys, um, you know, you've got some very good offensive lines and defensive lines going up against each other this game. I think the Packers edge it, though. Uh, I say edge it. I don't even think it's going to be close, personally. I think the Falcons will get out to an early hot start, go up maybe by a touchdown or two, and then they'll completely flame out and collapse in the fourth quarter. We know Aaron Rodgers is great at comebacks against teams who are under 500. Yes, I said it, and that's a true statistic. Look it up. I, I think the Packers just absolutely take them to task and they spank them. This is not a game where you can get super technical because Atlanta has good players, but for some reason, they can't put it together. Yair Alexander, who is a great corner as well at Green Bay, is a bullhawk. That guy has a nose for the ball, and I think he can really shut down Matt Ryan, especially if they match him up with somebody like Julio or Ridley. Should, you know, given that Julio plays... But obviously Kevin King and Shannon Sullivan are guys that the Falcons can target. Um, Look, I have been too harsh on the Falcons, but they have shown me nothing but fourth quarter disappointment this year, losing to a less than average Cowboys team, at least from what we've seen on film. Look, Green Bay are looking phenomenal, and Rodgers is really looking to make a statement with, hey... I don't need wide receivers to win this, but you should have drafted me one. Imagine how much better it would be if you guys got me talent instead of some substandard guy who throws, you know what, 15 touchdowns and 17 interceptions in his last year at college? No. You should have invested in me. Aaron Rodgers is just going to go all out this season. That's just a fact. And I think because of that, they are absolutely going to slam dunk on the Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, with with that being said, I am going to pick 28-14 to 14 for the Green Bay Packers. Now, thank you for joining me for my week for preview. Before we get going, my Twitter is at DCCYTFootball. 
Uh, you can find me over there. You can moan about some of my breakdowns being more detailed than others. You can talk to me about whatever you want. Let's chat football over in the comments. And head over to full10yards.com for more articles by me and the guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this solo podcast. And I will be back for a week five breakdown at the same time next week. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Have a good day.